Hello, this is Jane Stavum, Superintendent of the Sioux Falls School District, and this is our podcast. Join us for an audible look inside the Sioux Falls School District, where we'll put a spotlight on the people, places, and practices of our district. Hello, everybody. This is Jane Stavum, and welcome back to our podcast. Today we're going to do things a little bit differently and instead of having a guest here with us live, we are actually going to pitch it over to a recent conversation that the South Dakota Public Broadcasting team had with our teachers as part of a series they're doing on teacher talks. It's educators talking about public education with a lot of different themes over the next few weeks. We want to make sure that you're part of that, so take a listen. You're listening to In the Moment on South Dakota Public Broadcasting. I'm Lori Walsh. The science of reading has become a buzzword in education and politics. It's also a phrase with a variety of definitions. For today's teacher talk, I spoke with Jackie Wilbur and Gina Benz about science, reading, and the science of reading. Jackie is director of the Center of Student and Professional Services at the University of South Dakota. Gina is a teacher at Roosevelt High School in Sioux Falls. Take a listen. Jackie, when is the first time that you sort of heard the science of reading being used as often as it's being used today? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I worked as a children's librarian and we spent a lot of time talking about early childhood literacy. And a lot of the concepts that are in the science of reading are very similar to um, best practices in early childhood literacy. We talked about reading, singing, writing, talking, and playing those five elements as being critical to developing kids at an early age to prime them to getting ready to read. But it's really been in the last three or so years, and very specifically in in 2023, that the term science of reading has been more in the collective conversation. Um, I said in the blog post that Education Weekly did a word of the year. In 2023, the word was math, but second to that was reading because the phrase science of reading appeared over 600 times in their coverage in 2023. Wow. All right. So science of reading, science with a capital S. So this is kind of a a catchphrase. It's a buzzword. Uh, Before we get too far into this, um, there's a lot at stake here because literacy matters. Mm. What are you seeing with how important is it that um, we master this this ability to to read comprehensively and, and read well? Yeah. I mean, there are the hard numbers, but before I say too much about that, I think that reading is really a matter of enjoying life, that there are art forms, that there are ideas, that there are ways of going about the world that you get to understand and comprehend if you can read. I think for me, one of the biggest gifts of my childhood was being read to and then having the ability to then take in information as I wanted to because I learned to read. And so to me, that joy of reading, that love of reading is the most important piece. And it's why I went into becoming an English teacher, why I became a librarian, and why I'm doing the work that I am today. Um, But USA Today reported from several studies that have come out recently that currently 79% of adults in the United States are literate. And that um, definition is that they can, quote, complete tasks that require comparing and contrasting information, paraphrasing, or making low-level inferences. Um, But 54% of adults in 2023 now really 
read below a sixth grade level. And so while they're literate, the reading level is not as high as it was previously. All right, 79% of adults in the U.S. are literate, but 54% are reading below a sixth grade reading level. Gina, when we talk about what's at stake with the ability to read, um, is going to ignite big passions because of how important it is. Where do you come at that conversation from? First and foremost, I think about the love of reading and how it helps us to uh, experience the lives of other people that we would never experience otherwise. That's kind of the windows part of reading where you can look through a window and also mirrors where we get to feel seen. We get to connect with someone who has a similar experience to us. But what I really want to talk about is that good reading is essential to our democracy. Citizens need to be able to read and read sources that are credible in order to make good decisions in this democracy. And so if we don't have very good reading levels, the, uh, the information we're getting won't be as good, won't have multiple pers perspectives, won't be as deep, and that makes learning to read essential. Mm. All right, so let's, now that we've kind of established some parameters for why this matters and why people would be so passionate about it, let's go back to what is it that we're talking about. And Jackie, usually we try to stay away from a lot of jargon. <laughs> of course, <laughs> we want to include everyone in this conversation, but don't be afraid to talk to the teachers listening as well and use some of that jargon. Um, the Reading League has released a defining guide to sort of say, what is science of reading? Help us understand what the science of reading actually is. Sure. Well, first of all, educators don't necessarily agree on the definition of science of reading. And so it is a little murky in some instances. It's not a term that's widely used in academia. And so looking up the science of reading in an academic journal is not going to yield a lot of results. It is more of a current term that has an umbrella for these new practices, and not necessarily new, but kind of repackaged practices um, that are being used and, and have some recent research that's showing that they have a high level of efficacy. Um, so in, in a short version, there is an, a theory from the 1980s that's called the simple view of reading. And it's based on the idea that there's two aspects needed to learn how to read. The first is to develop oral language ability. And if you live in a vocabulary rich household, if people are speaking and talking to you and using a lot of words, you're gonna develop that oral communication naturally and organically just by having people talk to you and talk around you. Babies learn to talk. But that second piece of learning to read or recognizing what letters are on the page, that they're letters that make up words, which make up sentences, and that those letters, words, and sentences reflect things that are being spoken to us, that part uh, called decoding, that's the second aspect of the simple view of reading, and that needs to be expressly taught. And so that's what the science of reading is saying, is that second piece is decoding needs to be expressly taught. And they have several steps to be able to, to show kids how to do that. Um, those five steps I've listed in the blog, they're phonemic awareness, phonics, fluency, vocabulary, and comprehension. And it's basically taking 
uh, spoken words into understanding them as letters, which then make up words, and then eventually growing our understanding of what bigger words mean and comprehending them as written language. Um, so that's a fairly long explanation. In short, a simple view of reading is one side oral language, the other side is the written word, and the science of reading says that we need to expressly teach the written word. So Gina, for many of us as adults, one of the things that we get hung up on is that we don't really remember being expressly taught to read. So it can seem as if we just figured it out by looking at the pages of the books, which for almost everybody is not actually true, but we don't necessarily remember learning to decode words. Tell me a little bit about your work as a high school English teacher and how students come to you from different levels, but even the ones who are advanced students, um, do they have a sense of, of how they learn to read and they're still applying those same skills? Tell me what they're like in high school. Yeah, as high school teachers, we have to be very explicit about what the strategies and skills are to become good readers, especially as students encounter more challenging texts. And, and that's our job as high school teachers, to constantly provide enough challenge that they can meet the challenge, uh, and it's not impossible, but the challenge is there, and that creates growth. You know, I think first grade teachers, they work magic. That's when kids really, really start learning to read. And as a high school teacher, I don't understand that magic. High school secondary teachers, uh, people who studied secondary education in English, we were never taught how to teach reading. Mm. We are English or literature teachers. And so it is a bit of a mystery even to us, and I think an area where more training and professional development is needed. All right, so keep being patient with us because now <laughs> I want Jackie to explain to us the reading rope. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Hollis Scarborough's reading rope is kind of a graphic representation of what I was talking about with the simple view of reading. So on one uh, side of the rope is that oral language ability or the ability to speak, um, to know a lot of words verbally and to have a robust vocabulary just from from the oral language. And then the other side of that rope is decoding and word recognition. So knowing what all the letters of the alphabet are, how they come together to make different sounds like CH making a CH sound, and then how that ultimately forms words and sentences. And you need both sides of those that rope in order to be able to be a strong reader. Do people learn differently and respond to different modes of instruction? Not every student is the same. We need a variety of instructional methods in order to be able to reach all students. And so that's one of the pieces that I'm, I'm most interested in with the science of reading because the research is so good. So I think it's important as teachers to have every tool in the toolbox available to us, not only the science of reading, but also these other methods that have been available for decades before um, so that every student has a method that works for them to acquire reading skills. Well, we are going to explore more about the science of reading methodology next week in Teacher Talk. You can find the companion blogs for these conversations on our website, sdpb.org slash teacher talk.